Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, everyone? I'm so happy to be with you all today. Later in the show, we're going to be talking to one of my great friends and Wonder Woman, Chelsea Fairborn. She'll be telling us about how she balances being on the mic for all the major BYU sporting events, being the director of the Tony Finau Foundation, and on top of all that, being the food reporter for KSL. But first, we're going to talk about change. Change happens every day in our lives, whether we like it or not. And the same goes for some of the sports we love. But how do we feel about it? To have that discussion with me is the BYU TV sports boss, David Phillips Jr. How's it going, Jr.? Doing well. Well, good. It's good to have you. Good to hear your voice. And the BYU baseball season is officially over after losing the oh, LMU so in the play-in game. So sad in the WCC. And but but honestly, congrats to them for fighting through the adversity the second half of the season after suddenly Junior losing their head coach. And they actually improved the season on top of that. They really should be proud of what they did. It'll be interesting uh in the offseason for baseball to see who they pick as the next head coach. Junior, how would you describe what you saw from BYU baseball this season? Uh, resilient. I mean, it, it was amazing to see them, you know, tough times. And immediately they went on the road to Nebraska. They split with them and then, or they won three, sorry, three out of four with them. And then they had the nine game winning streak and stuff towards the end of the season. So, I mean, they, they really bounced back overcame some injuries and stuff really I would just say resilient fun to watch it's tough a one game in baseball to determine who moves on is really really hard so I want to ask you about that so the WCC tournament was different this year usually just the top four teams make it to the tournament but this year they had playoff games with six teams where the bottom four teams played to see who could play the top two seeds but what do you think of the tournament expansion they did this year? I thought it was great. I think it was LMU's coach who had talked about a couple of years ago, BYU was the best team, but LMU had the best pitcher. So in a one game thing, BYU, mm. who was first in the league, was outed because LMU had had a good pitcher. So this kind of gives the top two teams an extra day. They aren't facing the best pitchers from the other teams and stuff and kind of gives them a little bit of help to move on and stuff. So I, I like it. I love more teams having the chance. Playoff baseball is great. So more the merrier. It is. It's fun. I mean, ideally, there's a series, right? Because I don't know. It, you, it, it is hard. It is hard being eliminated after one game, but it does make it go by a little quicker. And unfortunately, as fans, that's what we like. We like quick pace. And Junior, there aren't just changes happening at college level of baseball, but a lot has changed for the MLB this year. And I know you're a big baseball guy. So let me know what you think of these changes. A few of them in the MLB starting this year. So the National League will adopt the designated hitter. And I like that both leagues will be equal now, but what do you think of that rule? No, I, I like it too. And it was always fun to watch pitchers hit, the strategy behind <laughs> that, pitching changes and stuff. But honestly, it's fun to watch the nine best hitters go out yes. each day for each team. So I don't know, I, as like the purest part of me is like, oh no, change. But then it makes it even when the NL and AL play. So I'm all for it. I think it's fun. It's still good. So for the 2023 season, pitch clocks will be used. What do you think about that? I, I kind of like it. I actually went and watched a bees game and they have the pitch clock. And it yeah. didn't seem to affect the pitchers too much, probably because they were used to it by this point. There may be a little bit of headache with it, but I think it's going to be fine. Just keep it moving. I Maybe it's just me, but I get like focused on the pitch clock. 
it's almost more stressful to watch, you know, because baseball is usually just a nice, relaxed, laid back game, which it still is. But the pitch clock adds a little bit more stress. All right. This one is really interesting. An automatic ball strike zone will exist. So, I mean, are we removing the home plate umpire? How's that going to work? So what they've, they've done in minor leagues and stuff with that, but there's a, there's an umpire who's kind of enforcing it. He gets the call and makes the call. He'll still be there, you know, plays at the plate and, and stuff like that. But I've seen videos of where it didn't work very well, where it was like a clear ball, but it got called a strike. Yeah. I kind of think it's good because unfortunately, like if you know an umpire's name, like Jerry West or Angel Hernandez, Uh it's because they try to make it about them. And they're famous for having just terrible calls and stuff like that, inconsistencies in the strike zone. And that can be frustrating, especially for a hitter when they're calling the ball low all the time and then they stop. And so it kind of takes that human element out of it. But technology is not perfect and you're going to get some that kind of go the other way. I bet they'll get to a point where it's probably extremely accurate, you know, once they start using it and tweaking it a little bit and it'll be a good thing. It'll be, it'll be really interesting to watch where the umpire stands, like what happens to him. Obviously he has to make calls at home plate, but uh, that will be really interesting. Another one is they're going to start using larger bases. And I think this is for safety reasons. For the players? I'm not sure. And I'm not sure how much larger, but what do you think of that one? That one, uh, I think it's fine. Because, yeah, you you get colliding, stepping on ankles. When you get close plays the first, when people are running together and collisions and stuff like that, I I don't think it's going to make too big a deal with a little bit extra base. But, hey, if it makes it safer, let's do it. Baseball, when you watch baseball, it's just very pristine. Everything just looks really clean, really traditional. And now there's going to be advertising and patches on jerseys and decal on batting helmets. What do you think of that? I don't like it as much. I mean, it's fun to have the logo of the teams and stuff like that. It'd be weird to see, like, Yankee pinstripes with a – with a yeah. logo on it. And I understand obviously soccer has been doing it for a while and basketball has started doing it. I'm sure football will eventually get there. There's something about it. I mean, it doesn't affect a ton of things, but I don't want to buy a Jersey that has yeah. a company's yeah. logo on it. I want the, the totally. clean pure of that. So yeah, I wish they wouldn't do it. All right. The last notable one that I have is the 2023 schedule will be more balanced as teams will play at least one series against every opponent in both leagues. What are your thoughts on that? I, I love that. With being able to, to play against all the different teams, having your team go to all the different stadiums and stuff, because if you're a National League fan, but you want to go and, and watch your team play at Fenway or Camden Yards or, or some of these, I think it's kind of cool. And, you know, it kind of evens it out. Every ballpark is unique. That's what's kind of fun is mm-hmm. basketball the regulations are all the same. Football, they're all the same. Hockey, they're all the same. Soccer, they're all the same. You get to these ballparks and they're all unique. You've got the green monster. You've got the short porch and right in Yankee Stadium. It's kind of cool. And and to be able to kind of experience as a fan, all of those different ballparks is fun. Absolutely. I, I love that perspective. I think that will be a really fun thing for fans and honestly for the players as well to be able to experience all that. And I know a lot of these changes are to make the game better for viewers. They're adapting to the changing generations. But should a sport change just so we can be instantly gratified? <laughs> I feel like that that's that's kind of what's happening. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. They're trying to keep it moving, try to keep fans interested and stuff. So, you know, it's fine. Sometimes change is good. It, w- it was interesting. I saw someone post this kind of opening to CBS's football coverage from the 70s and like the videos that they were showing of the highlights. I think like 90% of them were illegal in the game today. Guys getting wow. clotheslined and these <laughs> illegal hits and stuff like that. And so, Sometimes these changes, especially for player safety, are great. And and mm-hmm. so sometimes you got to adapt and change and and move some things and, and kind of keep the game exciting. Yes, I, I think it's just how it needs to be. Things change in every society year to year. Technology changes, culture changes, and the importance of player safety has increased over the past few years, like you mentioned. And NFL implemented a bunch of safety rules, which are obviously good for the sport and mostly for the players. But... Junior, here's what I want to know from you. What is the one rule change you'd like to see most in sports that hasn't happened yet? All right. In college football, the down by contact. So in college football, as soon as a player goes down, even if they're not touched, play is over. In the NFL, they can, until they're touched down, they can get up and go. And I think that this would allow for more exciting plays, more, you know, someone makes a diving catch when they're all alone you should be able to get up and keep running and and stuff like that so I wish to see I wish that that one would change I like that one sometimes players just trip and fall and then they're down and it's so unfortunate because you know nobody was even by them so it would have been fun to see what happened after that I think that would be really cool to see change uh mine is the NFL overtime rule junior and I know I I know everybody I I know Probably, I don't know, 99% of NFL fans <laughs> agree with me, especially if you're fans of the Buffalo Bills from last year, right? Playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh. It just, uh, it's just such a hard thing to watch. Just one team get the opportunity to score in overtime after an incredible game. And it's one of those things they, they maybe they don't want the game to go on for hours and hours and hours. I, I don't know the reason for it, but I think. That is the one that definitely needs to change. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. You got to be able to have each team have an opportunity to do it, you know, and I think you just play until there's a winner. Give each team a chance. You know, if one team goes down and and scores, the other team has a chance to match. If they don't, awesome. It's over. But I I still think you got to do it. Each team gets a chance. I agree because you always wonder what if. But yes, lots of changes, lots of changes in life, Junior. And I appreciate you coming on with me. You are phenomenal as always, my friend. Thank you. I love doing it. It's a lot of fun to talk about some of these things. Absolutely. All right, coming up, she's the girl behind the mic, hyping you up for all of your favorite BYU sporting events. And that's just the beginning of what she can do. Chelsea Fairborn up next on Cougar Tailgate. tailgate i'm lauren mcclain she's the hype girl for all major byu sporting events she may even helped you win a thousand dollars at one point in a half court shooting contest she's also the director of the tony finau foundation and the food reporter for ksl let's welcome on my good friend chelsea fairborn how's it going chelsea so good thanks for having me absolutely i i'm so excited to talk to you because you seriously do it all and i i want to know to start off how did you get into each of your jobs, starting with the director of the Tony Fina Foundation? How did that begin for you? So that stemmed from a BYU sports marketing internship that I did all through school. So 
it was my boss, David Almodova, that when it was around time for me to graduate, he approached me and said, Hey, I have this random request that came in from someone on Tony Finau's team. He's this PGA or he's this golfer on the PGA tour. Are you interested in working in golf at all? And I was like, I know nothing about golf, but yeah, sure. (laughs) And next thing you know, I had a little powwow with Tony's team and then the rest is kind of history. I was hired within the next week and went from there. Oh my gosh. And I'm sure you know a lot more about golf now. How many years have you been doing that? I've been working with Tony for about six and a half years. And yeah, my golf knowledge has increased exponentially, probably more so than anybody should ever know about golf, but we're okay with that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what is Tony Fina like? Cause I have to tell you uh, us here in Utah, he's like, so when my dad is watching the PGA tour or any golf tournament, he's watching Tony as if it's like his own son, just because he's yes. kind of a great representative of Utah. So we all feel like we know, Tony a little bit, but what's he actually like? Honestly, that's pretty accurate. He's, he's very humble, very down to earth, wicked sense of humor. Um, he's an excellent (laughs) troll and jokester too. Like he loves a good prank, um, which is awesome until you're on the receiving end of the prank. Um, but he's, he's just an overall good guy. That's really passionate about what he's doing. Um, on and off the golf course, a family guy, he's got five kids that keep him busy and humble too. So Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's so many different, uh, personality traits that I really appreciate about him, but I think kind of the, the hallmark is that he doesn't take anything too seriously. He has his priorities in line and what you see is what you get. He's pretty true to what you see on TV. I love that. And you have a, you have a huge job as the director of the Tony Fino foundation. <laughs> that's uh, the director, like that's, that's huge. So what's been yeah. your favorite part about working with the foundation? I think it's a couple of things. It satisfies my love of sports. I'm still around sports, um, but I'm in around sports in a meaningful way. And so I get to get to work with Tony and pick where we allocate our funds, what projects we work on and how he's giving back and making an impact. And I've always loved purpose-driven work. I think that, um, yeah, we, I I love doing things that are fun. I love being a hype girl. I love doing all, all, all the different things that I do, but when it comes down to the end of the day, I love being a part of something that makes a difference and that makes something a little bit better and brighter uh, for people in need. And that's something that I get to do with Tony on a daily basis uh, when it comes to the foundation. So it's, there's a lot of different initiatives that play into that, but overall the purpose-driven work is, is really, really cool. So cool. And you do, you just make the world a better and brighter place by being who you are. And I mean that you're just a beautiful person. So I love that uh, you get to do all these things. (laughs) That is so nice of you to say, I'll just wipe away my tears right now. That's so, so nice of you. Hey, it's the truth. I only speak the truth. All right. So one of your other jobs, my goodness is, so this is how I met you. So I've known you for years because I would sideline report the, the sort, the sporting events and you were on the mic for them. How did you get into that job? specifically for all the major sporting events. So that, that stems from BYU sports marketing too. And when I was in school, like I said, that was my job. So I did all of the behind the scenes work. And then I was a, I was a broadcasting student. So was getting the formal training for like to be a reporter. I thought I wanted to be a sideline reporter at some point. And so I kind of, kind of was going that direction. Um, as far as schooling was concerned. And then when it came time for me to graduate in that final year, I started filling in on the mic uh, for whoever was doing it at that point. And then 
from there, I kind of, I don't, I don't want to say that I stiff armed that or that I was like, Hey, put me on. But I said, Hey, <laughs> like I would be interested if dot, yeah. dot, dot. And right. so when I graduated, they decided, Hey, like, is this something that you're really serious about? We'd love to make you our girl if that's the case. And I said, yep. And then the rest is history. And I've been doing that for six and a half years too. Oh my gosh. It's so dang cool. So you do, you do football, basketball, and baseball. You just finished your very last baseball game. Um, yeah. But yeah. How was that for you? Was that sad? I thought that I was going to be fine because I do so many sporting events and like, it's not a final, I'm still doing football and basketball, but baseball was the first baseball was where they mm. said, okay, let's try you out on this mic. And it's baseball. So interactive and fun and it's a smaller crowd. And so right. you get to know the the coaches, the family, the players really well, where that doesn't necessarily happen as often at football and basketball, because I'm so removed. And so it was hard kind of ending that era and saying, okay, well, I see you guys 24 times in the spring. And now I don't know when I'm going to see you, or I don't know what it's going to look like. Or So it was really, it was really sad. I shed a lot of tears, um, going into that Aww. game and then heckled some people on the mic one last time. And, um, <laughs> now I'll get to go and enjoy baseball as a spectator. Mm. Well, it's not going to be the same, honestly, without you. What, so it, would you say baseball is your favorite sport to work or which one is it? Baseball is where I can show the most personality. Very few of the promotions that we do are actually sponsored. And so it's really fun to, to have that creative freedom with how I, with my delivery on the mic. Um, and it is really interactive. It's hard to pick a favorite. I don't have kids, but I feel like it would be like, oh, pick a favorite child. Um, <laughs> because I like all of them for different reasons. Baseball is the most engaging with fans. But then basketball, the atmosphere is incredible when you have a full Marriott Center and you have all the energy that kind of funnels down to the court. And then football, you're talking about 60,000 people and right. under the lights. And that's a totally different thing, too. So, yeah, I like all of them for different reasons, but baseball has a really soft spot in my heart. Well, obviously, when it's a really good game, no matter which sport it is, you're going to get yeah. a little bit more interaction from the fans. So what's been your most memorable game that you've been on the mic for that comes to mind? Uh, I think it would be BYU-Gonzaga 2020 and everything leading up to that game. And then I remember anytime marketing magic mixes with like on the court magic, it's a really cool moment. And I'm, I'm totally a sports nerd in that way. And I remember everything just syncing up and coming together so well that night. And then on my end, the person that hit the half court shot or shot the half court shot hit the half court shot during that game. So it just kept building <laughs> oh and building. <laughs> and then you get to this upset win and it's the last game of the season, this whole thing. And it was kind of, yeah, that was the, the building point. That was a really cool game to be on the mic for where basketball is concerned. So dang awesome. Oh yeah. Anytime you beat Gonzaga, that's gotta be way up there. So you, yeah. I mean, obviously you work with Tony Finau on the reg. You've met all of the BYU bigwigs. Who is one of the coolest people you've been able to meet through your jobs? Two people come to mind. I, um, through Tony, and both of these are through Tony. When I first, the very first golf tournament that I went to with Tony was the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. And mm -hmm. I grew up a huge NSYNC fan. Like I had posters all over my wall. <laughs> and Justin Timberlake is a huge golf fan and was playing in the Pro-Am that year. And Stop I- it accidentally met Justin Timberlake and then he sat down at my table and had lunch with us and I was like I peaked in no. life I'm done I'm good 2016 was a great year and it hasn't really lived up to that since I'm mostly kidding, I can die Justin now Timberlake, that was 
so so cool um what what wait wait wait, wait. We're, we're not moving on from justin timberlake because i have to know <laughs> how did i not know this chelsea number one also well, what I, is what was he I like because he's kind of a photo so if, if, it, if you don't have a photo then it didn't happen right allegedly happen. yeah totally what, what was he like? What was he like? Was it like eating lunch with him? He was so cool. And I think what told me a lot about him is he did not have to remember my name at all. Like most of the time, celebrities, you come in contact with them. They're really nice and pleasant up front. And then if you see them again, it's just, you kind of like, you're just another face in the crowd. And he, right. that tournament was, we were there for five days and I overlapped with him a couple of times in like player dining. And he was so nice every single time and always said, Hey Chelsea, how you doing? Or like, and he didn't have to remember I was a nobody and he remembered my name that entire weekend and was so cool anytime um I interacted oh with him gosh. beyond that lunch so that was a yeah it was so cool what that's a dream okay who who was the other person <laughs> uh, the other <laughs> the other person is more recent and it's Shay Mooney from Dan and Shay um, okay. and oh, this cool. was kind of like an accidental stumble into meeting him too all through Tony that I ended up at the Dan and Shay concert this past October. And I was there, some other people from our team were there. And then Tony had just been introduced to Shay a couple of days prior and had golfed with him. And I think I was texting Tony and like trolling him for how many people were getting pictures with him on the floor. And then he like texted back and he's like, oh, wait, are you still at the concert? This was after the concert ended. And I was like, oh yeah, fully lied. I was definitely on almost I-15 leaving Salt Lake. <laughs> <laughs> he's like okay well come here and like send me th these long instructions and I have no idea what it means but I'm like it probably means that I'm meeting somebody so I right. flip the car around I hightailed it back to Vivint and um followed all of his directions to a T and the next thing I know um I ended up on Shay's tour bus and hung out oh with him gosh. and Tony and a few other people for a while and then that all led to Shay performing at a dinner gala that we had last month here in Utah, um, to raise money for Tony's new learning center. So it was kind of this quick introduction and then, um, it's built since then. And Shay is one of the most talented people I've ever come across and so warm, so personable. Um, he's, he's been a really cool person to, to rub shoulders with the last six or seven months. Chelsea, I'm sorry, but you can never quit your job. Like I, like, I don't know, <laughs> I know I if you never retire considering it, but no, you can never ever retire. I'm just kidding. There's a time and season for everything, but you do have yes. a dang cold job. <laughs> <That's> so <laughs> fun. There are plenty of moments where I'm like, I don't know what the crap I'm doing. And it feels like this <laughs> imposter syndrome, right? That bubbles up, but there yeah. are some really cool things. And I think that also speaks to like Tony as a person that he's, he doesn't have to extend these invitations to anyone if he doesn't want to, but he's so about his team and his people and, um, has been very generous with, um, the experiential side of, of work and the introductions that he's made. Mm, it seems that way. What an incredible guy. And, uh, it doesn't stop there. Chels, nothing goes <laughs> better together than sports and food. And oh, truly. you have a hand in both. How would you describe what you do as the food reporter for KSL? Yeah. So this is a really fun role that's kind of bubbled up to the surface too, over the years, um, as a food reporter. So I, um, work with the lifestyle show studio five with Brooke Walker up for KSL. And I, early on, um, in college, I did an internship in New York and I fell in love with the food scene out there. I didn't have a kitchen, so I had to eat out almost every meal. And I just started trying <laughs> all of the different things. And I really fell in love with food. 
I mean, it's not tough to fall in love with food, but that's how it happened. And <laughs> yeah. then, so I've, I kind of brought that back with me to Utah and just like love trying all these different places. And um, it became a natural fit when they needed someone to kind of fill that food beat. And I had interned with KSL all through college as well, more on the broadcasting side. And so, yeah, they, they said, hey, how about you pick a topic? or two every month and you review restaurants or you review new food products, food items to try, and we'll see how it goes. And so I've been formally doing that for two and a half, three years. And it's really fun. Something that I didn't expect. Um, But yeah, I can't really complain about eating a bunch of food and telling people whether or not they should try it. Um, I think the most beneficial part of that other than uh, my waistline having a, a fun time with that assignment is <laughs> is all of the different most of the recommendations that I give are all local and so meeting these restaurant owners and small business owners that are so passionate about what they do has been really cool to see and especially over the past years they've navigated everything pandemic post-pandemic um, it's been really cool to see people pursuing their passion and that their passion being food and they're pursuing it in a different way than I am, but they meet in the middle. Once again, you can never quit your job. Okay. So since <laughs> you've tried so many foods and you've, you've been to all these restaurants, what would you say is your guilty pleasure when it comes to food as far as local restaurants? Oh, my guilty pleasure. It's going to sound lame because it could be justifiably healthy, but there's this restaurant up in Heber called Back 40 Ranch House Grill. And it looks so unassuming from the road. And I thought it was going to be a random little podunk bar and it was not yeah and they have a blood orange marmalade salmon that they serve on like a mushroom risotto and I it is that is like comfort food to me anytime I need a little (laughs) hug without actually getting a hug I'm like okay I'm gonna go (laughs) and eat my sorrow in this salmon and they have a bunch of other great stuff on the menu and I'm a salmon fiend but it is so good yeah, so good. On the on the dessert side, there's this place in Salt Lake called Doki Doki that specializes in Japanese desserts and pastries. And that would be Ooh. my guilty pleasure up there as they do like these fluffy pancakes or taiyakis. And there's a lot of different um, things on the menu. You really can't go wrong. But that's dessert guilty pleasure because I have a major sweet tooth and salmon as my kind of guilty pleasure. Oh, I'm so hungry now. She's the hype girl for all major BYU sporting events. She is the director of the Tony Finau Foundation and the food reporter for KSL, Chelsea Fairborn. Chelsea, thank you so much for coming on with me today, my friend. You are amazing. You're amazing at everything you do. And I just love you and I wish you the best. Likewise. It was so much fun talking with you and catching up about all of my favorite things. (laughs) (laughs) you're awesome thanks so much Chels and that does it for us today thanks again to Chelsea Fairborn and David Phillips Jr. for coming on the show with me you can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually of course every Saturday at noon Mountain Time or download rate and review our podcast on Apple TuneIn Stitcher Spotify or on BYUradio.org this is Cougar Tailgate